Welcome back to Power Athlete Radio, episode three. I'm here with Denny and Luke. What's up, guys? What's going on? Dude, what's up? I'm Like I was just telling you guys, I'm just trying to get out of my zombie mode from this red-eye flight I tried to sleep on from Chicago to or from California to Chicago. Oh, man. Sounds horrible. Well, I'm sitting here pounding some raw milk. Steve, I seen that you finally got some. Yeah, I used to get it all the time from a local farm, and um, the guy moved his pickup space, and I had to drive like an extra 30 minutes, and I couldn't quite get back to class in time. But I have a I have a girlfriend around the corner who not a girlfriend a friend. Oh, I see. (laughs) Around the corner, that's how power athlete. That's how we roll. (laughs) Now I see where (laughs) Professor Booty comes from. Anyway, yeah, I'm stoked. I've already downed a gallon in less than 24 hours, so I'm, I this stuff is like crack to me. Like crack. I, I tell you, man, there's something in the milk. There's something in the milk. I'm I'm fired up. I'm ready to freaking slam some weights. I'm fired up for the total. 13.1 came out. Bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. Hey, let's talk about 13.1. Luke, you took a stab at it, huh? Yeah, dude, I I went after it. I guess you could say I went after it. I didn't take I didn't take adequate preparation practices man I, I like i didn't eat all day i was coaching and distracted trying to get some stuff done for the gym but uh callie and i met up right right after right after it was announced and we got fired up got warmed up and and got after it but uh my goal is just to keep up with callie okay contrary to what i mean callie is a beast it's like she that girl has a motor and she will not quit i on the other hand as we covered in previous episodes have a hard time suffering so but i got through i got through like what like 138 reps and i'll tell you what dude it's for me it wasn't the weight the weight was fine you know it's just the burpees are a gasser and they they torture quads and they make you know the receiving position hard to hold and get out of uh i i resorted to the ugliest kind of like a horizontal hip drive into the bar into a split snatch catch and uh I mean, it worked. It got me the reps, but it was beauty contest. It was not, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. What do you think about the programming for 13.1? I mean, it's it's interesting how they, they kind of did a mashup of, you know, a couple of the open workouts from last year. It's pretty shoulder intensive, like people are talking about on the boards. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like a lot of the stuff that we do, you know, at least at our gym, what we're taught, we're, we're always working on is proper mechanics, safe shoulder position, uh, you know, quality movement. And to be quite honest with you, you know, Callie and I did a little debrief after the workout, and, you know, training partners do. And it's just like, my shoulders really aren't that torched. I was expecting my shoulders to be jacked. But we work on shoulder stability, shoulder mobility all day, every day, because we know it's a vulnerable joint. We know that it's easy to get in a compromising position. And when you do something to that joint, it's hard to recover from. Yeah. I, I guess I would say, you know, I, I'm like we talked about, I'm not going to win the games. So I approach it a little differently. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give life or limb on a, such an overhead intensive workout just to complete the workout. You know what I mean? Right. Denny, what are your thoughts on it? You know, I, I mean, the first thing that jumped out to me was the burpees. I'm like, my God, that's that's like a hundred burpees, and then you're asked to do thirty snatches at those weights, those jumps. Um, I really wasn't worried too much about the beginning weights, um, but 
165 for 30 reps, that doesn't seem to be a problem. It's just, can I make it to that 210? And by the time I get there, am I going to have enough gas in the tank to at least get a couple reps in? I mean, uh, my right now, my the best snatch that I've done is 215. And that one was pretty, you know, it, it counted. Steve, I sent you that video. You yeah. saw it. I mean, yeah. it, it was legit. I would have liked it better, like to receive it better, but, um, you know, shoulder intensive as well. And I know um, at our box, we're going to, a few of us are going to do it tonight after our 6.30 class. And then we're going to have some of the clients doing it Saturday after we get back from uh, the certification I'm going to be going to. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing it tomorrow. I think we got, again, faster coming out because of Caleb and... Um, Nobody's looking forward to it. You know, I think the program, if I'm being honest and um, just outright, I think it's kind of uh, lacks creativity. I mean, just to take a mashup of the two open wads, I mean, it doesn't give us any measurable improvements. It's not the same. If it was the same wad, then I could understand because then say, hey, how much better do we get from last year? But to mash them, I think it's it lacks creativity, to be quite honest. I'm not I'm not that excited by it. But I'm with you, Danny. I think. If I can make it to the to the third set of snatches and maybe the burpees, I don't know. That two ten is gonna be rough. It's right. kind of it's kind of different too because last year, think about the first couple workouts. They enabled the masses to participate. Kind yeah. of early in the gate, they're weeding out a lot of people. You well, know what I mean? There's 130 people registered, right? So uh, 130,000, rather. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, so. I don't know. Do you Seems think all 130,000 are going to make it to the 210? No. You know, no. they're just going to look at it and be like, the hell with this, man. I'm not even going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think some people are going to get a score of 40. They're going to do the burpees and call it a day. <laughs> I was tempted, dude. I was extremely tempted. That's what I, I was up at the gym. I just told all my training partners, that's my strategy. If I get 40 burpees, I'm going home. <laughs> um, awesome. So, yeah, 13.1. The other thing we should announce is that Ben R., has set up a, um, a Google Docs spreadsheet, I don't know, whatever it's called, to track any uh, power athletes, CrossFit footballers doing the open. Um, you, can do, you can choose to do the WADs uh, RX or, or you can scale it however you want. But really it's just, a, I think, and Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's really just a page to get people kind of to build their own little power athlete community around maybe some of these workouts, whether you like them or not. You know, if you get out there and get a score of 40, so be it. You're in there with the, with the crew. Yeah, and that for sure, it's just fun to work out together, see what everybody's capable of, see what everybody's doing, and like no shame in scaling a workout if it's going to mess you up or mess up your or skip a workout if it's not in line with your training goals. I mean, I'm, I totally get it. I uh, more power to you in having that dedicated of goals, but I think it, I I think it'd be cool to get that data in one place and just take a look at it and see. If there's any correlation between lifting experience and the amount of time on CrossFit football and the scores in the the workout, where did where did power where did people following the program suffer? Where did they excel? Things like that. That's where my head's at. That's how I think. So I'm super stoked. I want I want to see the masses jump in on it, and it's your opportunity to take down CrossFit football HQ as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, you could uh, you could compete against. Quote, the Luke Summers. <laughs> In case there's any other imposters out there. That's such a smart-ass name, bro. That's awesome. All right, um, Denny, should we change gears to uh, some dynamic warm-up questions that you had? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I like the video. 
I like the video uh, PHHQ put out with the child pose. It kind of goes with what Luke was saying on uh, you guys do a lot of shoulder work. And from what I get of watching that video, um, I, a lot of the clients that I work with, like the soccer moms or the weekend warrior dads kind of thing, they everybody has trouble getting into that rack position. You know, all the it seems like the women can have a better chance of making it, but the guys' elbows are pointed down. They're bearing that weight totally on their wrists. And when I watch that video, it, it looks like that that will help loosen up those tight lats and the tight scapula to maybe enable some, you know, to create that rack position or my way off base. No, you're not way off base at all, Danny. That's just one of many, and you've been to the seminar. This is one of many diagnostic tools that we use to assess shoulder mobility. Okay. So what we get into and what we break out of there is okay. If you see an athlete and they look like this, this is what you this is what you're seeing. They have tight quads. Uh, they have a knee mobility issue. Their ankles are messed up. So just from that child's pose position, we can tell some things about the the lower extremities. But even more so, we can tell about shoulder girdle mobility. How much external rotation can they get in that position? What type of elevation can they get while externally rotated? Uh, so. You, in using it as a diagnostic tool, anybody who's done the child's pose can attest to the fact that it's also great for prepping the shoulder girl. And that's where these tools are kind of unique at, that you take away from the seminar is not only they're the diagnostic tool, but they are the tools to fix any sort of issues. So if you let's just say, let's put a scenario together that you were to do child's pose day in and day out and try to linear progress it, so to speak in terms of getting more range of motion, more external rotation, more elevation out of your lift in that progression, you would essentially improve shoulder girdle mobility. Now, if you're talking specifically about the front rack position, there's a number of variables there, as you know. Most people equate it to their wrists. Most of the time, it's not wrist flexibility. It's the ability to get that humerus up and get that elbow up, and that could be tight lats, that could be tight triceps, uh, it could be tight Delts. It could just be some sort of impingement in the shoulder, or it could be a weak scapular system altogether. But that could be one tool to help fix one person. At the end of the day, we'd have to find out out of those soccer moms and those weekend warriors that you're dealing with, what are the exact issues? What are their limiting factors in terms of them getting into their front rack position and how can we address it? And we have tools for it. You know, we have endless tools, and that's that's what I want to use the Power Athlete HQ site for is start putting out some dynamic movement prep. These progressions can go and go and go, and we co we typically cover three layers of progressions on most diagnostic tools and dynamic movement warm-ups, but we we go 10 deep at our gym depending on skill level, stuff like that. So, How long are you spending – how long are you spending in these dynamic warm-ups? Because, like, I know we take about 10 minutes, you know, so, and then go into our strength work. You kind of following the same program? Yeah, 10 to 15 minutes. 10 to 15, just depending on what, what the day looks like. Yeah, we and we um, – at the seminar, though, we spend hours going through these things. We spend hours meticulously combing the, the biomechanical cues that you need to look for and you need – to enforce out of these things because these are extremely valuable tools. 
we'd like to say that our training system is very simple. It's effective. But at the end of the day, there are some N equals one scenarios. And these diagnostic tools, these dynamic movement prep uh, complexes are are essential for identifying that type of stuff. So we spend a lot of time on it and people walk away with a lot of positive feedback on, oh my gosh, it totally changed the way I look at athletes and it helped me identify this and that. So that's yeah, awesome. I remember being in pain at uh, the seminar that we were at. I mean, we were just, I think Raphael just crushed us. And that sounds that, right. All those warm ups and those movements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got some crazy stuff. Um, hey, Luke, maybe uh, since tomorrow is going to be CrossFit Football Total, is there any kind of dynamic warm up type of movement that you could recommend to the masses to try and uh, help them out? Uh, you know, I wish I, I wish I was prepped for this. Even I had a video ready to to launch, but it's just been kind of a short week. Um, you know, you at the end of the day, what is dynamic movement prep all about? You know, in in a selfish setting, if you're an athlete, you want to elevate core temperature, you want to stimulate central nervous system, you want to prepare the muscular systems and subsystems that are about to be stressed or challenged for a lift or for a workout. As a coach, if you have a team or an athlete it's your opportunity to do all of that for your athlete as well as set the tempo for the workout so if we have any coaches that are going to be programming the total for their athletes tomorrow maybe a little bit of uh you know some heavy music some angry music mm-hmm. remind everybody uh th- about everything that they're pissed off about and kind of get that arousal level up because at the end of the day we know that that type of stuff aids towards being in some heavy weights um Specifically, CrossFit football total, you're gonna to be you're gonna be power cleaning, squatting, benching, deadlifting. So you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to prep the whole body. Uh, in terms of shoulder girdle prep, use a child's pose. Yeah. Play with that guide. Let us know how it looks. Let, let us know how it feels. And uh, what you can look forward to is more videos like that where you can and we'll explain kind of where to implement that stuff as well. Uh, in terms of before what type of workout. Awesome. Nice. Um, and Luke, you had sent a message or posted a message, I think, on CrossFit Football about people sending videos of their totals. Um, where should they do that? They, you said something like post them to YouTube? Yeah, if you can. So YouTube, Vimeo, I don't know. I guess I just imagined, imagined whoever's uh, feeling motivated wants to get their lifts out there and get some either constructive criticism or or risk them <laughs> exposing their skeletons to the masses whatever you want to, however you want to put it uh what we'll do is we'll put out a post and just basically embed everybody's videos in there and open it up for commenting and just a place for people to kind of show off or ask for advice or whatever uh you know now that we have the technology and the platform and everything why not why not make a little fun and and kind of put a lift to the name so to speak you know what i mean nice. and you if you upload it to vimeo or youtube whatever as long as we can embed it in a web page, we'll do that. And just send your video link to info at PowerAthleteHQ, and uh, and we'll just start plopping them up there. Awesome, awesome. Um, Denny, you want to go over this first question here? Uh, yeah. Well, it looks as if bulldozer twenty twenty. Is uh, he, he says, hello, I've been in this programming since September 2012. It's the shit. <laughs> and I've been into fitness for a good eight years now, and nothing has come close to CrossFit football. 
There's a few things I'd like to hear. Uh, number one, CrossFit football programming for the police, fire, EMT, military personnel. And that's, I'm assuming he's asking how that can be tailored to uh, either fit those, um, the, the type of movements they're doing in that field, or just if CrossFit football has heard anything as far as uh, positive feedback from um, people in those careers. Two, uh, sodium intake for power athletes. And he's curious to know why there's not enough dip exercises or incline bench presses in the program. Uh, I certainly think there's enough dip exercises, but as far as incline benching, that one, uh, that one's pretty interesting. That's all I have for now. If you can mention some of these, it'd be appreciated. Thanks. What do you think, Luke? Uh, well, I'll give you Reader's Digest. Uh, yes, whatever, and do it. <laughs> right. You like the incline bench pressing? Do it. Do it. So here's in terms of the feedback from our our tactical guys, our police fire rescue yeah. guys, we we constantly get feedback in person and via email whether it's legit stories like the one we had a couple weeks ago uh or just I feel more prepared than I ever have that that the the training effects of our training systems replicate the demands of these guys day in and day out duties. You know, they're called a duty and whether or not that's just kind of the day to day deal or when they get called into the mess. Um, that it's great. I mean, any, if, if you've been on the boards, you've seen these comments kind of time and time again, every other month, like, Hey, this is great. I'm stronger than I ever been. And I move better than I ever have. You know, thanks CrossFit football. In terms of tailoring it for for maybe some of our military guys that have to do some sort of testing, one thing we don't do is distance running. And whether or not you're going through a PST or whatever, uh, and you have to do some high rep push ups, high rep pull ups, high rep sit ups, and a two mile run, you're gonna have to start doing some high rep pull ups, high rep push ups, high rep sit ups, and some two mile runs. You know what I mean? And exactly. how we would how we would throw that stuff in is maybe, you know, a lot of that body weight stuff, hammer it out post-workout, uh, sub it in, double reps in the wads, things like that. Eventually, you're going to have to start doing the movement that you're expected to do. In terms of adding some longer distance runs to that, uh, that would be a great sub for the Saturday DWOT. I mean, at the end of the day, those PSTs require some more work capacity. You're going to have to compromise some strength. That's okay. We know that there is an inverse relationship between trying to increase work capacity and increase strength gains. The more training you commit to work capacity, the less adaptation you're going to drive in terms of strength. It's just kind of an inverse physiological relationship. But that's going to be a compromise you're going to have to make if you're going to be in those fields and have to test into those fields. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and – that's not to say that if you were to add those long distance runs and do a little bit of the extra body weight um, pre or post workout that you're not diving into that whole secret squirrel mess, right? I mean, it's not to get, it's not to confuse that secret squirrel and CrossFit cap or cafeteria CrossFit. That's, that's trying to take uh, like McKenzie's 
program for a few days and then going on Wendler for a few days and then going to CrossFit football. That's what that's what the secret squirrel uh, program is, right? Just yeah. adding some extra runs and changing up something you do on a Saturday wad. That's not doing it. That's just you know tailoring yeah. tailoring the program to your needs. That's uh, tailoring the program to the question: What are you training for? Yes, exactly. And the way you should look at this program is, and we tell we tell people this as they walk away from the cert, and we go even more in depth into the program and how to implement. Uh, Think of it like a a peanut, right? At the end of the day, the peanut's good enough. But if you want to add a little chocolate coating and a thin candy shell, because that's going to be your training objective, that's different than trying to kind of a pinch of this, a dash of this, and a chunk of this. Like you're right on, Denny. If if you want to use this as a core training system and add your periphery goals are a two-mile run, a hundred push-ups, 80 sit-ups in two minutes, or something like that, like then you get you gotta work on that type of stuff. But if you start mixing in all these ingredients and you're not getting stronger, don't tell us our program doesn't work. And that's where this whole secret squirrel comes from is people are don't think, you know, they're not willing to stick to the program to determine the efficacy behind it and whether or not it actually drives adaptation. We're the Google generation. We want it in 1.2 milliseconds and we want 100 million results. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if it doesn't work right away, well, we're going to tinker with it. That's where the secret squirrel thing comes in. If you came to me like, hey, dude, I love your program. I do all sorts of bodyweight stuff at the end because, you know, I got to pass a PST am I doing it wrong? I would say, no, you know, you gotta, you gotta adjust and you gotta adapt for what you're training for. That's right, awesome. Because in the, uh, in theory, I mean, CrossFit football is a tool to get you to go perform on the field. You know what I mean? So you're going to go do some extra work. Yeah, regardless. Of, you're going to go out there and you're going to play football. You're going to knock people on their ass. You're going to sprint. You're going to run fast. You're going to block. Right. And that's, that's, so think of it as your sport specific training. We're giving you a broad, a broad and inclusive strength and conditioning program with the objective to make you a bit bigger, much stronger, much more powerful and faster. Mm -hmm. Now that's our objective. You're going to have to tailor that to your sport somehow, unless you're just following the program to get bigger, stronger, more powerful, faster. And you know, build the ability to change direction. Right. Awesome. Now, in, term, in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of the sodium, you know, and sodium intake for power athletes. Yeah. I, I tried to buzz John. I know he's in and out of airports today, but at the end of the day, we don't find sodium intake significantly affecting any of the biomarkers of performance, and that's the sole purpose of the program and our nutritional recommendations what are you training for performance now are there are there sliding scales here are there therapeutic thresholds of sodium intake yes but if you do a quick google search talk to me johnny.com what should i eat if you eat within the guidelines and parameters that we provide you should have adequate nutrient, macronutrient, micronutrient intake to perform at an optimal level. And that's assuming that you add variety and you're not just eating, you know, a dozen eggs a day. 
and, uh, you know, a handful of kale or something. You need variety in in your vegetable matter, the fruit matter you choose to introduce in smaller amounts, and and your protein sources and fat sources. That type of variety and following those nutritional recommendations are optimal for the power athlete. So there's no, you know, bringing it down to that granular level, so to speak, in terms of sodium intake, we don't find that – Shifting one direction or the other, a marginal degree, has a drastic effect on performance. Excellent. Um, guys, let's change gears to this next comment. And I think this will be our last question for this podcast. Um, <clears throat> essentially, Luke, you've already asked this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway because we want to talk about another aspect of the team series. But Robbie Gustin uh, said, I have a quick question about the Power Athlete Team Series and CrossFit football programming. As Luke said, part of the idea behind the team series is to see how people do if they specialize in a particular lift. And he goes on to ask for ways of specializing, for example, in the bench press. And what I hear you saying is if that's what you're training for, then yes, do dips, do pause, uh, bench press, uh, board presses, pause squats, whatever's going to increase your capacity in that specialization. But um, one of the things I know we wanted to talk about on this podcast was the Power Athlete Team Series and prizes yeah so so it kind of goes hand in hand like at the end of the day robbie's like hey what can i do to win this thing which if i totally get it looks like at each event the top team is going to walk away with two grand in their pocket a full set of power athlete bumper plates compliments of high temp uh among other swag from our other sponsors life is rx uh it's going to be epic, dude. We are stepping, we are stepping it up like four notches. So there's, there's a good chunk on the line here. You know what I mean? And depending on where we're at at the end of the year, who knows what this whole thing could amount to? Because there's more and more locations around the globe that are looking to get into this thing. Um, so there's a lot on the line. So how can you win? Well, at the end of the day, you're going to have to determine who on the team is going to bench. Yeah. And the best way I know to get good at one rep max bench press. Any guesses, guys? Bench press. Bench <laughs> <Yeah>. press. <laughs> you know, and and to a certain point, just just adding more of specializi- specialization to that stimulus is going to get you better. But if, if at the end of the day you have a sticking point, then you're going to have to get creative uh, with your training. But again, don't expect these results to come fast. It's all going to depend on a, on your physiological age, your training age. How long have you been on linear progression? How, how long ago did you exhaust linear progression? What type of training have you had? What structural issues do you have in the shoulder girdle system if you're doing bench press? Um, for sure, it's a game of balancing volume and intensity. But you know, there's two ways to really attack it. Do you want to attack your weakness or do you want to go run with your strength? You know, and you're going to have to piece your team together accordingly. Yeah. And let's so, be honest. I mean, we need to see some better bench press numbers anyway, don't we? Oh, people just need I mean, to bench press. Yeah, nothing yeah. gets me more – pisses me off, I should say, is when I go to these competitions or the local competitions around here in the area and here comes somebody who can freaking squat a house – you know, deadlift a ton, power clean in the upper 300s, and then get under a bench and press 300, piss down their leg. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, it, I understand it's not a big, you know, a function of movement in a sense of like the, the main 
site CrossFit. You know, I mean, thank God John came along and said, look, this is a functional movement if you played in like a combat sport, you know. I mean, he's constantly yeah, lining up to somebody, you know, punch them in the chest 70, 80 times trying to cave their chest in. Yeah. And Denny, says, we-, we need the bench press. And then every time a CrossFit total comes up or any kind of a total, I look in there and I can see all these giant, beautiful numbers and then weak ass bench. It's like, come on. Don't you want to punch somebody in their chest and cave it in? <laughs> don't you want to go to Steve? Don't you want to go to work tomorrow and. The first guy that looks at you funny, just turn around and blast him right in the chest and cave in. There's no question. There's no question. If I can cave in bench press, come on. Yeah. The biggest failure point we see on bench is just a weak shoulder girdle. People don't understand the importance of really setting that scapula. And if they go – Ingo posted the video a couple of weeks ago or a few days ago of Ben and I going through our setup for – for bench press and literally there's a kid his name is connor in an occupied strength deal in miami and the this kid was just his his bench press was hideous and i didn't want to go in and coach him in the middle of competition because that wouldn't be fair but i went in i set him up i taught him on a bench and he he literally pr'd his bench by like 15 pounds because he just wasn't pressing off a stable platform so now if you don't bench press that way and you aren't pressing with a retracted depressed scapula you're gonna have to do some Kind of some motor programming, rework the mo- the movement pattern. So you're going to have to get reps. So if you're if you need, and it's not necessarily reps under load because in terms of program that movement, the body doesn't care if there's weight, if there's speed, if it's up, if it's down. It just cares about the movement. So now you just got to get going. You have to get more reps. You want to get good at bench, you got to bench, but you have to bench correctly. And how are you guys? You know, like when we're when we teach the bench, it's more of like almost like a power lifter's position compared to, you know, the guy who comes in. I had one client do this. He comes in and he gets under the bar and I hadn't had a chance to um, to go over the, the um, prep him for the movement. And he gets under the bar and he puts his feet up on the bench, wow. you know, 1970s bodybuilding, like the no feet on the floor type of bench pressing. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, you know, we. We kind of get that that exaggerated arch in the lumbar spine, right? High in the toes, kind of up yeah, on your shoulders, you know, lowering where, it to the sternum. That's where we're at, too, Denny. And the big, yeah. you know, it, it does fly a bit in the face of most the theme of most of our lifts, which is to reinforce that athletic posture. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we see this as such a valuable tool to generate force across that horizontal vector into an opponent or into whatever that we make it a priority to get this lift, lift as much as you can, and most importantly, protect the shoulder girdle. Most mm. people bench, lowering the bar, elevated, internally rotated, pronated shoulder. And that's just a, the perfect storm for shoulder injury. So you have to stay retracted, externally rotated, close grip is nice uh, for sure. And so – just basically work on work on your lifts. Do do your quote unquote accessory work if you, if you got it. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to get good at squatting one RMs. You got to squat one RMs. You want to get good at pulling one RMs off the ground. You got to do them. But understand, you know, with deadlifts, you got to be careful because they're extremely taxing uh, in terms of your power cleans. You want to get really good at one RM power cleans. Guess what? You better start pulling some weight off the ground. You know. Awesome. Right on. 
Awesome. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. So that was awesome. So um, dynamic warmups, thoughts about 13.1. And then the big announcement about some huge prizes for the team series. So um, I guess the announcement to Power Athlete Nation would be to get a team together and get your asses signed up. Yeah, we got, we're going to be launching registration for Katy, Texas. We got a place right outside Houston. We're going to be putting up registration for in the next couple of days. We have uh, Germany, we're going to be in Australia. I think there's a couple more domestic locations too. Spots are selling, but get your teams in and get them in fast. I mean, the, the team series is right around the corner. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Danny. No All problem. Right, see you guys. Talk to you.